What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamal K. Davis here with you. I hope you are doing well. We're going to talk about week one in the NFL. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The U.S. Open. Are we seeing the new great champion emerge? Maybe it's too early to go there. Albert Pujols in the MLB pennant race are all on tap in this episode of Just for Sport. And we'll start with week one in the NFL. And last night, the Seattle Seahawks beating the Denver Broncos 17-16, a dramatic win, a great finish to the game. Obviously not so much for the Broncos, but it saved the NFL from what I felt like was that the big games, the Thursday night game to kick off the NFL, the Sunday night game, and then if the Monday night game wasn't good, I would have felt like the three national games, just they were duds. And, and granted, it doesn't change the fact that the first two were duds. I was done in like middle of the third quarter. And really in the first and second quarter of the Rams-Bills, I mean 10-10, it just it was boring. Then there was some scoring, at least by one team, another 21 points by the Bills. But overall, I just felt like the game just didn't have much juice. And then Sunday night, between the Cowboys and the Bucks, was just kind of a game. You know, I mean, the storyline of they're always trying to act like the Cowboys are America's team. And it's so important to pay attention to. Even when you think of like, oh, the health of the NFL is reliant on how good or how bad the Cowboys are. And the Cowboys are bad. And they went from bad to worse. So then last night, you know, it's a big game. The return of Russell Wilson to the Seahawks. There's obviously some bad blood there. But, you know, even at the end, Russell Wilson... um, some nice things to say. Him and Pete Carroll hugged. You know, it is what it is, I guess. You know, it's a business. And maybe you could kind of chalk it up to that. But realistically, I just thought the games were okay. They were just okay. And of course, I did awful in my parlay pick, which um, I totally messed up because... Uh, I meant to share my parlay picks on Twitter, and I didn't, unfortunately. Um, but I just, uh, it was rough. It really was rough. But the worst news is injury news in week one. You just. You just hate to hear about it. And, you know, there were some good games, but you now Dak Prescott's out for six to eight weeks for the Cowboys, so they don't have a quarterback. They need to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you're the 49ers, you're probably like, uh, I'm going to make you pay a king's ransom 
because your season is at stake already. And I think Mike McCarthy is gone as a coach of the Cowboys very soon. Um, for better or for worse, TJ Watt is out for possible at least maybe six weeks. I mean, this is this is sad when you start week one. The safety for Jamal Adams, he may be out for some time. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell is out for two months with the sprained MCL. That's, it's just, it's rough. I mean, yeah, the NFL, it's it's a rough game. And so, yep, you, you accept that fact. But when you go into the start of the season and you're so excited about what's to come, and you're argue, arguably the best player in the NFL on defense and TJ Watt, you know, the doctor said he needs surgery. He's like, well, let me get two or three opinions because he knows he's going down again. You get the big contract and you want to live up to it. Players want to live up to that contract. And there's a good chance that they're basically just not going to live up to it. When you think of Dak Prescott, um, who got his big deal, I think actually after his injury, and then he got the big deal anyway. Um, TJ Watt gets the big deal, and you want to play well. You want to live up to it. And unfortunately, uh, at least this season, they may not. When I go around the NFL and I talk about the games, you know, I, I was cringing at the thought of the Washington Commanders losing their first game against the Jaguars. Um, the Jaguars came back in the third and fourth quarter to take the lead, but then the Commanders score two touchdowns in the fourth, and get the win. So uh, I was happy about that. The late interception stopped the uh, what could have possibly been the game-winning drive for the Jaguars. Never happened. Uh, Saints edged the Falcons. Uh, you know, not really interested in that game that much. But, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a running back, maybe if you went with... Uh, Mr. Patterson, the running back from Atlanta, you got 22 carries, 120, yard, 120 yards, and a touchdown. 49ers lost to the Bears, 19-10. Now, the first thought that comes to my mind is, was Trey Lance a mistake? And I'm not going to say he was a mistake, but you best believe that that played into why why the 49ers in the end are probably happy that they kept Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo might not be happy, but when you look at this line, 13 for 28, 164 yards and an interception in the first game, granted it was on the road, but you probably wanted to see more. You would have liked a more explosive start to the season. 
and for Trey Lance to show why he was worth putting under center. He had 13 carries for 54 yards, but it just wasn't a very good game for the 49ers. Steelers, Bengals, nobody wanted to win this game. Steelers had a sizable lead. At one point, it was 17-3. They let the Bengals come all the way back. All the way back. The kickers were, the, the Bengals missed the extra point. Then the Steelers missed a field goal. Then the Bengals missed a field goal. And the Steelers win it in overtime. Whatever it takes. Steelers get it, find a way to get it done. Mike Tomlin trying not to have that um, first losing season this year. And he's got a decent quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. But that offense did not look very good. But then again, neither did the Bengals. And they are the defending AFC champions. Lost in the Super Bowl. Eagles barely beat the Lions. 38 to 35. And you could flip that and say, no, that wasn't the case. They let the Lions back in the game. The Lions scored 14 points in the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, the Eagles had scored all of their points, and they just basically needed to hold off the Lions. And they managed to win the game 38 to 35. Running back for Detroit, not bad. 15 carries, 144 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Brown, actually, I think I have him on one of my fantasy teams. 10 catches, 455 yards, but no touchdown. And I meant to go back, forgive me, to go back to Jamar Chase for the Bengals. 10 catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. I have Joe Mixon on my on one of my fantasy teams, and he did all right. Not great. Dolphins surprised me in the way that they beat the Patriots. Not because I felt like the Dolphins couldn't win the game. Um, and actually, you know, it, for some reason, it seems like the Dolphins always uh, kind of have the Patriots number. But more and more, if you want a sample size of whether it was Bill Belichick, the coach, or Tom Brady, the quarterback, more and more you're like, uh, I think it was Tom Brady. I mean, realistically, Bill Belichick wasn't just the first head coach. He wasn't the first head coach uh, or first-time head coach, excuse me, in New England. He was a head coach before that in Cleveland, I believe, if memory serves me correctly. And he wasn't very good. And he lucks up and gets Tom Brady. I mean, he had Drew Bledsoe. is pretty good, too. But Tom Brady, you know, when Drew Bledsoe got hurt, that changed history. And Bill Belichick has always had Tom Brady. So you never had to think about, huh, can Bill Belichick coach? Because he always had Tom Brady. And that was a crutch, if you will. And now he doesn't have that crutch. And now you're seeing a mm, 500 Patriots team. Not very good. Not very good. Ravens beat the Jets 24 to 9. Joe Flacco, did. I didn't even know he was even still in the league as a starter, but there he is, starter for the Jets. Um, Ravens were supposed to win that game. Lamar Jackson looks good, as he usually does. And the Ravens get a win there. Browns beat the Panthers 26-24. to I'm sure Baker Mayfield would have loved to have get that win. But I'm sure in some ways... The Browns are saying, well, we didn't need Baker Mayfield, but you did. 
and you kind of still do because you don't have a quarterback. And when he does come back, who knows if he should be playing. But bottom line is the Browns got a game-winning field goal from Cade York to win the game. Panthers came all the way back, almost had a chance to win it. But the Browns come away with the victory. Colts-Texans end in a tie. I mean, how sad is that in overtime? Actually, the funny thing is that we thought sitting around watching the uh, Steelers-Cincinnati game that that was going to end in a tie too. But to me, that's just disappointing for both teams. Jonathan Taylor, who is a running back on my fantasy team, 31 carries, 161 yards, and a touchdown. I'd like to see that. Michael Pittman Jr., the wide receiver for Indianapolis, nine catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. That's pretty good, but a tie is pretty bad. That's ugly. To me, a tie is ugly. Giants beat the Titans 21-20. to They win their first game of the day ball era. I will never, ever forget uh, the Brian Flores, Brian Dayball, Bill Belichick debacle. That was an embarrassment on epic proportions. Bill Belichick was texting Brian Flores about Brian Dayball being the coach of the Giants when technically it wasn't supposed to be known that he was a coach. Um, That was really sad. And who knows what's going to happen with that behind the scenes, what went on. But I was really disappointed in the Titans. I thought at home, this is actually the second year. I feel like last year they lost that their first game at home, and that was really disappointing because it wasn't a very good team. I don't remember who it was, but uh, which I could have looked it up before um, this to remember that. But uh, Saquon Barkley, 18 carries, 164 yards, and a touchdown. That passed on him at running back in my fantasy league, not because I didn't think he would be good, but because I tried not to pick Giants or Eagles or Cowboys, because I don't want them to go against Washington football team. And now with my wife being a big Steelers fan, you know, I try not to pick Ravens or Bengals or Browns. I've never really picked Browns. Um, So I try to stay away from them. But Saquon Barkley was one that I let get away. The Vikings crushed the Packers 23-7. Kirk Cousins, ugh. We'll see what he can do with a, a new head coach. Justin Jefferson, nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. That is a line. That's a really good line for anyone who has Justin Jefferson as their uh, wide receiver. And actually, as I was saying, I was like, I don't think I do. But I feel like I should know that. But I don't think I do. I thought the Packers would win that game. I picked the Packers, so I was really surprised to see the end there. But maybe you know what? Yes, some will say that this might be the end of Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. It's only one game, but at the same time, you want to win them all. So when you lose one, you can't be happy. Chiefs beat the Cardinals in Arizona 44-21. to They put a hurting on the Cardinals. Patrick Mahomes didn't just play well. He was 30 of 39, 360 yards, and five touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes was a beast. And I'm disappointed I didn't get him in my fantasy league. Um, but I tell you what, I did get Travis. I do have Travis Kelsey. Eight catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. I like that. Um, 
But the Chiefs, are they going to be a juggernaut again? We shall see. I thought maybe, you know, getting rid of Tyreek Hill may have made a difference. But then again, they picked up Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers. And they looked like they were rolling. 14 points in the first quarter, 9 in the second, 14 in the third, 7 in the fourth, 44 to 21. And I'm sure in Arizona, they're like, yeah, should we maybe have given it one more season before we sign Kyler Murray to a big deal? Maybe, maybe. But I'm sure, you know, you're under pressure. We'll see what happens. It's only one game, as I said, but you want to win them all. Chargers beat the Raiders 24-19. to Now, Justin Herbert is my quarterback, the big quarterback that I signed. He didn't really have a big game, um, but it is what it is. It's uh, one game, and hopefully he has a better one next year. I'd love to see him throw for five touchdowns at some point. But the Chargers get the win at home. Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. Buccaneers on the road. Tom Brady, 212 yards and one touchdown. I got him as one of my quarterbacks as well. Um, I would like to see more. But the best, the best play of that game was Mike Evans with the one-handed catch for a Bucks touchdown. Mike Evans didn't have a great game, five catches, 71 yards, but neither did Tom Brady. Um, but as I am hoping for, I will get a good season out of Justin Herbert and Tom Brady because I am in a league, which we'll get to later. How many of your leagues do you have two quarterbacks? And we'll we'll talk about that. My, my dad used to have my, in my family league, he always wanted two quarterbacks and my brothers hated it. They finally got him to get rid of it. But then I'm in another fantasy league where they started to go with two quarterbacks and I like it. Because in a 10-team league, you know, why not use as many of the good players as you can? And quarterback is definitely one of them. Uh, and then, as I talked about uh, in the Monday night game, Seahawks win 17-16. Uh, the 64-yard field goal attempt by McManus goes uh, wide. Oh, shoot. Was that wide left? I think it was wide left. I think it was. But in the end, it's just, you know, it was an okay weekend. I thought I would be a little more excited and more into the NFL. Um, and I watched the games. I was following the games, but nothing, you know, beat to me, which is crazy. The excitement from the uh, the Commanders game at the end and the Steelers game. They came down to the wire and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. What I did enjoy, even though he beat Francis Tiafo, so it was sad. Um, do you have a new champion on the rise? Are we seeing history for the first time this past Sunday as Carlos, Ar I can't speak right now, as Carlos Alcaraz not only wins the U.S. Open, his first Grand Slam, but he will be the number one player in the world, which is amazing. But at 18, we could be seeing the next great player after Nadal and Djokovic and Federer. 
Now, obviously, Nadal and, and Djokovic are still playing. And, you know, yes, they're going to be contending for championships for some time, I believe. But just wondering if this is a begin, if Carlos Alcaraz can be the next great player. He is the youngest player to be number one in the world in tennis history. He's now age 19, excuse me, I said 18. He's a U.S. Open champion after he beat Casper Rude, 6-4-2-6-7-6-6-3. How rude for him. Um, Alcaraz said, quote, well, this is something that I dreamed of since I was a kid. It's something I worked really hard for. It's tough to talk right now, a lot of emotions, end quote. He's a Spanish player, just like Rafa. He's the youngest player to win a major title since Rafa, who at the same age won the French Open. Um, and he's just slightly younger than Pete Sampras in 1990. So I'm excited to see that. I'm curious to see if he will be the next great champion. That will be um, interesting to see. But remember, this doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just something that when you look back on a career 15, 20 years from now, will you be able to say that? Because realistically, Leighton Hewitt, Marat Safin, and then John McEnroe were, that's the, that's the list of the top four of the youngest players to reach number one. And obviously Leighton Hewitt and Marat Safin were never great. Some would say, you know, the fact that John McEnroe only won seven Grand Slams, is he really, con is he could really considered great? Maybe because he's had such a career after playing tennis as a commentator that you think his career has extended. But if he didn't play and you know, he just was watching matches like you see Boris Becker or Stefan Edberg or Yvonne Lindell. Maybe you wouldn't still have John McEnroe in your mind when you think of the greatest players ever. But we'll see at the end of Carlos Alcarez's career if he is actually ends up being the greatest. On the women's side, Iga Swiatek. Um, I feel like I hear people saying her name so many different ways, and I know I feel like I butcher it too. But she's the number one player in the world, and she won the U.S. Open, her third major title. She may be, she may be, you know, one of the greats as you look at, you know, who's who can become, who can take the mantle from Serena Williams as she has now played possibly her last U.S. Open. But she's 3-0 in major finals. She has a short list of Monica Sellas, who is amazingly great. Uh, Naomi Osaka, Ashley Barty, Lindsay Davenport, Jennifer Capriati, and Virginia, Jennifer Capriati and Virginia Wade as the seventh woman in the open era to start 3-0 and or better in major finals. Um, let's see what she does. She's won three already. Uh, Ashley Barty has quit playing. You know... She just looks so methodical out there in beating Owns Jabor 6-2-7-6. It's wide open for her to win multiple championships, and it will be interesting to see if she is able to do that. Um, and I think she just might be able to. She just might be able to. But we'll have to wait till Australian Open in January to see the, the tennis players back on the court um, at a um, major tournament like um, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, and French Open. So we've got some time. 
we've got some time. A person who doesn't have time is Albert Pujols. He is nearing the end of his career. He says that this is it for him. Uh, he is on the door of reaching 700 home runs. So I am on Pujols slash St. Louis Cardinals watch because I want to see what he can do. And when you talk about the steroids era, yes, there have been questions about whether he took steroids. And look, I don't think it's fair to bring that up now um, after he is where he is. I feel like, you know, it wasn't something that was talked about for, yes, obviously it was talked about when Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, uh, Roger Clemens and others, but you know, I was listening to another podcast and, and Jeff Passon was on and said, I don't know if it's fair for you to, you know, say that with Latin American players that it comes up a lot. And I'm paraphrasing there. But it's interesting because he says that. And then you remember that. But wait, Fernando Tatis Jr. just got busted for taking drugs. So, you know, no, it isn't unfair in some ways to say that, to question that. But I think towards the end of his career, look, if it was going to come out that he was taking performance-enhancing drugs, it would have come out a long time ago. Let's not talk about it now. And actually, in that sense, I should have not talked about it. But I wanted to at least get that out there that I don't think it's right the way all of a sudden people are asking the question. Let's just enjoy Albert Pujols and the St. Louis Cardinals and what they are doing what they are doing right now in the history that Albert Pujols is hopefully going to make before the end of the season. Um, if I'm pitchers, I know you don't necessarily want to be grooving him pitches, but I would like to be in history. So I, I hope he can hit the 700th home run off of me. That would be great. What's also going to be great are, before I get to the 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 actual pennant race, I like the new rules for next year. The pitch clock, no shifting, the only one I'm hoping for is that someday they're not going to have have pitchers get the chance to pitch on the mound after they've already practiced in the bullpen. And I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people who are like, you don't know what you're talking about. Why do you want that? I just feel like it slows up the game. That's all I'm saying. I want to speed up the game. And if you need to make the mound the same on the in the bullpen, and I know you can't do that, in the uh, on the actual mound in the game so that rule is now i gotta just stop talking about it because it's never going to be a rule but that's the only other place i feel like man it really slows up the game when a new pitcher comes running out there all the way from the bullpen i feel like it takes five to seven minutes you know before you have to before the next batter is in the box ready to pitch and or excuse me ready to bat um, because the pitchers had to warm up and all of that stuff but then again i watched major league the other night and, you know, the, the walkout music is the best. So there is some drama with that. So let me get off of that. But I do like that we're not going to allow pitchers uh, uh, to take forever. That's one. And I like that there is no shift. That is something that, you know, I feel like we're getting too analytical with the game. And I just want the game to be not to be run by numbers. I want on those numbers, you know what I'm saying. The analytics of, oh, this player, he always hits it to to the right, so we're going to uh, shift over there, and we're going to put in a lefty because when it's a lefty, it increases his percentage of hitting it down the right field line, like all of that stuff. Like, let's kind of do away with some of the analytics and just let them play. Now, the analytics of speeding up the game, 
I know I feel like it's a, I'm being a, a wishy-washy, but I do like we realize the game is too slow and that we need to speed it, speed it up and the pitch clock will help. Now, speaking of help, I think my Orioles are done. They're going to need a lot of help to get into the wild card. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, them losing the series to the Toronto Blue Jays really hurt. Um, and I think in the end, it's going to be the Mariners and the Blue Jays. And uh, it's a sad day that I feel like the Orioles are done, but they're five and a half back in the wild card standing. I don't think it can happen. And obviously the Nationals have been out for a long time. So there is no talk about that even being close to happening. But the Blue Jays, can they catch the Yankees? Uh, I don't know. You, you, you never know. That might be a possibility. I mean, when you think about where they are right now, right? There's still 20 games left. That's a possibility. The White Sox could win the AL Central and catch the Guardians. And so can the Minnesota Twins. They're five games back. The Houston Astros, no, they got the AL West locked up. The Braves can, I think, can and will catch the Mets and beat the Mets and win the AL East. I think over the course of the season, you will see that they are, the Braves, that is, are the better team. And they have that young phenom rookie pitcher who I'm just, I'm just amazed. Like Spencer Strider is just great. He's great. I think he's going to get rookie of the year. I wish I had drafted him. But I think the Braves are the better team overall, and they will win the NL East. The Cardinals, I don't think the Brewers have a chance of catching the Cardinals. They will win the Central, and the Dodgers will win the AL West. Um, so there aren't really any races to look to really pay attention. Oh, I guess you could say 50-50, right? 50% of races are worth looking at. A NL East. If you're a Braves and Mets fan, you're watching that. But outside of that, you're probably like, eh, whatever. White Sox, Twins, and Guardians. Um, that's going to be a race to the finish. And Yankees, Blue Jays. Blue Jays did what they had to do. They had to knock down the Orioles and win that series. Orioles have now lost two in a row, four and six in their last ten, which isn't good. And uh, the Blue Jays are arguably the hottest team. Eight and two in their last ten. Best record in the in all of baseball in their last 10. And we'll see if they can continue that hot streak. But I'll be uh, watching the pennant race uh, with, with multiple interests in mind as I look at my DraftKings picks. Um, and I, you know, got, I put a little something on the Blue Jays. We'll see what happens. It'll be exciting to... Watch the race as it comes down to the final finish. As I look at some of my uh, open bets that I have here um, in Major League Baseball. And you know, at the beginning of the season, you pick a couple players. Uh, you pick some teams. And I said a couple players because I was thinking of, you know, you pick some for MVP, things like that. But my... Open bets. Shohei Otani. I know he's not going to win the Cy Young. It's really ridiculous. Uh, National League winner. I got the Cardinals at plus 1,200. Um, I have the Blue Jays 
as a World Series winner at plus 850. I thought maybe the Angels were going to do it. I had them at plus at 35 to 1 the World Series. That's not going to happen. Twins 55 to 1 to win the World Series. Not going to happen. Phillies at 35 to 1. I guess we'll see. Also at the Padres. That's not going to happen. But that'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Looking forward to week two in the NFL and watching the pennant race. And I'm enjoying fantasy fantasy football this year. I'm going to try my best to. I didn't do, wasn't as dominant as I thought I would be. I actually lost my first game by nine points. Not happy. Not happy. Um, but I hope you are going to enjoy your uh, fantasy football season. And NFL is back. College football. Didn't really talk about it. Not really into it that much. But I will say, um, yeah, Notre Dame. I don't know how long Freeman's going to be there. Really don't. Maybe uh, Nick Saban didn't buy his players, but Jimbo Fisher next time maybe be quiet about who bought players and who didn't and having the best incoming class. Right? That means they're all young players so maybe two three years from now they'll be better but yeah way they lost that was sad that was sad let's end on a happy note i'm excited football's back and i'm looking forward to week two in the nfl that'll do it for just for sport ciao for now are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports well look no further than prize picks Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep. That's right, they'll match your first deposit up to $100. So, join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the PrizePix app today.